Welcome to Locked On Flames. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On Flames sent you, or Locked On sent you. I'm Jess Belmosto alongside Sean Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. What a lovely way to start a Friday. <laughs> this was awful. This was so bad. I can't. Why are we here? Why are we recording it? Like, right? We're 12 hours removed. And I think right when I started our Zoom chat, because that's how you and I record mm-hmm. our podcast. I was like, oh, like, I'm pretty calm. I'm good. And then you started the intro, and I'm like, no, this is not going to be good at all. I wanted to do (laughs) a podcast last night after the game. And I was working last night, so I didn't watch the game live at all. I watched – I replayed it this morning. I watched two periods and gave up. I knew what the result was last night, and I – you know, we had the TVs on at work, so I caught all the major key points. And I was fired up and ready to do a podcast. (laughs) I'm like, no, we should just – we should just wait. And we've waited, and it's – like, it it hurts still. It's not even, like, being a Flames fan, and it hurts still. It's just the way they lost and how it's repetitive. Yeah. It was so humiliating. I I don't know. I just – it – like, all of my friends were texting me, like, even, like, my non-hockey fans. They were like, we know you do a Flames show, so, like, we really want the Flames to win. And then, obviously, the Flames went up three goals to none, and then – all hell broke loose. They're the laughing stock of the NHL right now. Like it's yeah, it's literally yeah. the flames. Everyone is pointing and laughing at the flames. Like this is supposed to be the Maple Leafs job. And the Maple yes. Leafs did it like a week ago. They did. And now it's like, oh well, now we got a new shiny toy to laugh at. So now we laugh at the flames. Is and this, this is our like karma? Well, this is where I think it's all me. Because I was getting texts <laughs> from my Toronto friends saying, Sean, you lived in Toronto for six years. And how many three nothing or three goal playoff collapses did the Leafs have while I lived there? It was definitely more than one. Maybe it was mm-hmm. oh, sorry, there's two at least, maybe three if I remember correctly. And then I moved to Calgary in May of 2020, and the Flames collapsed three goals in the playoffs. <laughs> like I'm thinking it's me. So by the way, if you're an Avalanche fan or or maybe a Stars fan, and you want me to move to the opposing team city that your team's playing against, give me 150 grand. I'll move there. <laughs> I'll move to Colorado, and then uh, the Avalanche will blow a three-goal playoff lead. So <laughs> it seems to be me. I'm thinking at this point. I've had a lot of people text me that, like Sean, you there's a there's a trend here. And I have yeah. no effect on the game, but what the like what's going on? Yeah, I just oh my god. So um, basically, you can't you can't live anywhere. You can't. Well, yeah. You're gonna have to figure something out move out of calgary again <laughs> i don't know what but, to do but how flames is it that they had literally their best period of the playoffs and the yes. worst period of the playoffs in the same game same game and that second period i've only been alive since 1996 so i've granted i've missed probably the first half of the flames franchise history that second period might be the worst period in franchise history like it, it probably was. It has a strong case to be the worst period in franchise history. That's just the Flames went into bed, they pulled the sheets over, and they just went to sleep. Like, they were done. They gave up, and it was it was over. And there's lots of contributing factors, like we can blame Ward for the decision, and we're going to do a whole segment on the <laughs> goaltending decision uh, next segment. So, you know, like, I mean, there's blame to go around, but my God, like, the, st- the first line was had zero points, even strength, this series. Like we're we're talking about the same problems that happened 
last year and the year before that. And, you know, it's repetitive. And then also the Flames won the first game of the series and then were the worst team every game since uh, from games two through six. Like, it's, it's, it's literally the same thing last over year. and over again, right? And I, I was texting my friends just because I was trying to, you know, there's always the heat of the moment reaction of after course. games. And I was thinking this morning, was this series worse than last year against Colorado? So yeah. I reached out to a few people, like trying to, you know, get some people, I guess, to talk me off a ledge when it comes to this take. And <laughs> I got a lot of good responses. And my one friend, Simon, who I worked with at TSN and uh, is a great friend of mine, he had like the perfect explanation of it all, basically saying the Flames played way worse last year against Colorado. Um, so from an on-ice perspective, this year was better. Because at least they were, you know, technically in most of the games uh, mm-hmm. this series. And they, you know, they had a little bit of an effort. Last year was just a disaster in terms of how they played, but I think it hurts more this year, uh, if that makes sense at all. So definitely, you know, last year was probably worse, but I mean, my goodness, this year is not far off at all. No, especially like it's back to back and just straight up disappointment. And it's the same issues. It's not like anything had changed. With we hear like from the players going into this playoffs. Like, oh, we learned from the pain of last year, right? Exactly. And where where are we at? Are you sure you learned? Monaghan, I believe, specifically, uh, post-game yesterday was, well, this one hurts. Like, we have to learn from it. I'm like, dude, (laughs) we said this last year, and now look at where we are. So, you know, we'll get to this as well. We have a whole off-season. And this is the other part that sucks now is we have to wait, I think, until January until the Flames are going to be playing hockey again. So now we have five months to stew over this. Um, and there's going to be tons of off-season decisions to be made. I think this off-season is actually going to be really, maybe not fun, but like it's going to be busy from a from yeah. a Flames perspective. So it's just a lot. And <laughs> Jess, I want to give you uh, some perspective because yeah. you are on the East Coast, so you might not get the same feel for the city that maybe someone in Calgary would, uh, like mm-hmm. I'm here in Calgary. So I was listening to sports radio this morning because this is like the best day to do a podcast or to be in sports radio. Oh, yeah. like, the shows are just so easy. You just light up the flames. Here's a couple quotes. That, so Pat Steinberg, who I mentioned earlier in this podcast for doing great work and working so long, uh, he was on the air till 3 a.m. last night oh. in Calgary. I pull, I, or I wrote down a couple of the quotes that um, he got from listeners. <laughs> One listener who called into the show texted back into the show after he called saying, Pat, I'm sorry for crying on the air. Another listener was on hold from 2.11 a.m. until 3.11 a.m. and said, Pat, you ruined my night. I was on hold for an hour. Meanwhile, this dude was on hold from 2 a.m. until 3 a.m. Like, what are you doing with your life if you're on hold from 2 a.m. until 3 a.m. to call into a a sports radio show? (laughs) It's not good. People are not in good shape here right now. Like, and if that ruined your night, like, Shouldn't the Flames game have ruined your night? Well, that's amazing. Like, that's... That's, like, that's I'd rather incredible. be on hold for four hours than have to watch that Flames yeah, game. Yeah, oh, my right? God. So, that's a great point, actually. And, I mean, it's just... It's not good. And now we're hearing the, you know, people are assessing the core and just kind of the identity of this team. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of they don't want to win. They don't care about losing. Like, you know, they, they enjoy them, I guess, the the... the the perks, I guess, of being an NHL player, you know, financially and then lifestyle-wise as well. But when it comes to the losing, it just doesn't seem like they care too much about that. Yeah, like, yeah well, we're, we're out of the playoffs. So, I mean, now let's go enjoy our offseason and, and right. out by the lake, right? So, it's a bad place right now. Oh but it's 24 hours after the game, so, yeesh. It's, that's so rough. And it's like, 
I feel so bad for the person that was crying on air because they probably haven't seen the Flames win a cup. That's a good point. Or maybe they haven't. It's been so long. Yeah, because it was what, 89? Right, 88, 89. Yeah, so. So that's a long time. That's 30 years. Well, yeah, 31? 40 years almost. almost, 40, yeah. I can't do math. Hashtag math. But, uh, But, oh, my God. Like, what? How? How on earth do you, I I don't know, like that just makes, it makes it so frustrating because it's like you love this team through thick and thin and then they just go and like poop on themselves. Literally poop on themselves. Like Like, when they took their pants off, I feel bad for the trainers because they're going to have to clean a lot of crap (laughs) out of those pants because they just literally crap themselves. And (sighs) it's... It's tough. And the worst part is like this morning you wake up and you just kind of reflect on the series and you just kind of remember things and it somehow mm-hmm. makes it worse. Like I was texting my buddy, Mike, and Mike said, dude, this thing gets worse and worse as I keep remembering stuff. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, an hour ago, I just remembered they were 12 seconds away from going up 3-1 yes. in the series. And he's like, oh my God, I forgot about that too, right? And it just, like, uh, you just remember these things, how great Lucic played. And then he was a disaster last night. Yeah. Uh, it just get wor- worse and worse and worse. And I don't know how, but they keep doing it. Yeah, it's like they find new ways to make people miserable. I don't. I just. I don't understand how it's happening, <laughs> and yeah. I, it just. It kills me. One I sentence just, I can't get out of my head is that this is supposed to be the Leafs. Like this is supposed to be yes. the thing that the Leafs do, and like now it's happening to Calgary, and you know everyone in Toronto having lived there for six years, all they talked about was we haven't won a cup since 67 or whatever it is, right? Like 67, <laughs> yeah. 67, 67. The more crazy thing to me, and I'll give credit to Bob McKenzie of TSN for um, pointing me in this direction. The more crazy thing to me is a Canadian team hasn't won since 93. And so now we have two out of seven teams in Canada who are absolute dumpster fires in the playoffs and can't hold a lead and can't have a will to win and do anything in, in Calgary and Toronto. Vancouver's looking pretty good right now. <laughs> Montreal, eh. Uh, Winnipeg they're out but you know they're they're decent but you know whatever Edmonton's pretty good but you know they only have Connor McDavid and not much else other than Drysaddle of course I can't forget Drysaddle but my my god like Canadian teams are (laughs) two out of the seven are an absolute disaster when they should be good that's right the worst part they should be good their rosters are amazing it's just it doesn't make sense like on paper like these teams look so good and then come actual playoffs it's just a disaster i don't get it i don't well so next segment i guess we should just end this here and shout out to us for trying to be positive last episode (laughs) and now now we're in our element like this is where we thrive pessimistic locked on flames is is, this is our dream right now we are thriving um we mentioned the great rosters of of the Flames and the Leafs. They got great parts. Another place that has great parts is rockauto.com. Uh, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers. And it doesn't matter what the make or model of the vehicle that you happen to own is, uh, they'll have a part for you. And just, it's August 21st that they were recording this. Summer is basically over. 
if we want to make this more episode more more sad you know the flame season's over summer's basically over it's time to winterize our vehicles and we should head to rockauto.com because they give us the best deals no matter if we are a pro mechanic or just a first time do-it-yourselfer it doesn't matter uh, who you are uh, you're going to get a great deal from rockauto.com and the best part is their catalog it's extensive there's a lot there but it is remarkably easy to navigate you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer so go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us section so they know so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com locked on flames continues don't forget to follow sean and i on twitter i'm at jessica belmosto and sean is at sean underscore Lavery. i am still i I, the goaltending decision uh, it does not make any sense to me and i feel bad for jeff ward too because <laughs> he was having a good playoffs for yes. an interim head coach like he was marching in the direction of earning a contract and getting that interim tag removed and just being the head coach of the calgary flames does this one decision change his future in calgary that is a whole nother episode and a question <laughs> that we have to tackle later i don't know the answer right now but no. you know whatever we'll deal with that later the decision on its own, it was, it was probably the right decision just made prematurely. And, you know, what I mean by that is they pulled Talbot when it was when the Stars tied the game and it was 3-3 and, and replaced mm-hmm. him with Riddick, who, by the way, hasn't played hockey in like six months. But, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> that decision was, you know, you probably want to switch up the momentum and change your goalies, but I would have maybe done it after the Stars had made it 4-3 or 5-3, right? Yeah. And there was a lot of people here in Calgary today saying, call the timeout, and then if you have to make the goalie decision, make the goalie decision. So when the Stars tie the game, you call the timeout, uh, just kind of reset, refocus everyone, uh, go back out and play. Maybe you get scored on again, it's 4-3, and then, okay, you could say, okay, we've tried everything. Uh, we have one thing left. Let's break the glass and and pull in, uh, pull Talbot out and put Riddick in. So, I mean, it was it was probably an okay decision, but like I said, just made prematurely. Absolutely. I really like reading the um, update that Talbot was pulled and Riddick was in. I like genuinely think I had an out of body experience with how confused and frustrated I was. And I was just like, no, 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 no. This is not going to end well. And like you said, it definitely was a premature decision. And I, I don't know. I just I can't I can't believe it. Well, what did we say all playoffs? Like you and I said, if the Flames ever have Riddick playing hockey for them in these yes. playoffs, something has gone horribly wrong. And yep. that wasn't necessarily <laughs> true because sure they blew a three nothing lead. That's pretty bad. But it was only a tie game, and they decided to put in Riddick. That's a that's a bad situation. It's not the worst situation you could be in. So that's just like I said, where it's all premature. Yeah. The, the bad crazy code red situation hadn't happened yet. Um, but they were desperate and, you know, they could, you could just tell that they were so desperate and they had to, you know, Ward wanted to do something and he put in Riddick and, you know, it just, it made things go from being bad to being really bad, um, which is where you would have liked to see that decision being made. But uh, I feel bad for Ward because it's so easy for all of us to sit here in in hindsight and, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of knowing how the game ended seven, three and how badly Riddick played. 
Um, it's, it's hard. He's getting crapped on today. Like him and Talbot are getting yeah. destroyed uh, in the media and by fans. And, you know, it's, it's tough for anyone to go through that. Um, but he's handled it well. And then there's a whole another interesting thing that Flames fans are digesting today where apparently um, Talbot was supposed to be pulled. Riddick goes in. And then Talbot was going to go back into the game in that same period. There wasn't going to be, you know, Riddick playing out the entirety of the second like he ended up doing. And then what Ward said to the media post game is Talbot went down to the tunnel and had an equipment issue, which is why he couldn't come back into the game. And then Talbot, when he did his media availability, had no mention of any equipment issues. Um, So, you know, clearly someone's lying about something here. And it's quite obviously Jeff Ward, um, who's, you know, making up some sort of equipment issue. What obviously happened is Talbot went down the tunnel, absolutely lost his mind and was probably throwing stuff and smashing stuff and breaking stuff uh, and just was in no state to go back into the game. So, um, you know, Elliot Friedman said on Calgary radio this morning that, you know, he, he has a lot of appreciation for Ward and Talbot and how they handled the media last night, which, you know, I think is true. They were both, you know, Ward's protecting his player and then Talbot and Ward, they both have a, have a sense of honesty. Like, I don't know if you saw the Talbot quotes where he was basically no. like, yeah, I would have, I would have made the exact same decision. Like I don't blame Jeff Ward for pulling me at all. Sure. I'm mad. I'm getting pulled. Like he's disappointed in himself for, you know, kind of having a tough game at the most crucial time. Um, but he totally understands the decision. So credit to both of those guys for, for handling the media well, cause you know, it's just going to be them getting crapped on the whole time. Um, but you know, that's an interesting, it's not, it's not an interesting lie, but you know, it's, it's, it's a bizarre situation where Talbot was supposed to go back in, but because he was just losing his mind um, so much, he, he was unable to. Yeah. I mean, I give anybody credit who can go out there and play, first of all, play a hockey game, lose it in the fashion that they did and then address the media. It's hard. It's hard. Uh, yeah. Was, yeah. It's really yeah. hard. I was trying to think what's the more boring flames interview. Is it the one that we had before game six where everyone's like, Oh, our backs against the wall. We love this position. We're excited to come out. Or is the more boring interview the after game six where it's, Oh man, this really stings. We have to learn from it. Um, by the way, you can just replay the press conference I did last year. Cause I'm saying all the same things. and I don't want to waste your time. Like those two, those two meet the pregame and the postgame. They were so cliched and boring, but I mean, that's yep. hockey, but anyways, it's just not fun and you know we are a pessimistic podcast but the flames were doing really well when we were negative <laughs> yeah I'm, so it's <laughs> my, goodness. my goodness oh my god so speaking of pessimism it continues as we have one more segment of, of just frustration and negativity ahead <laughs> um coming up next jess and i we're gonna get into the matthew kachuk that guy had some amazing gifts last night <sighs> gifts Incredible. or gifts on twitter um he you could tell he he cared more than any other flame who was on the ice maybe other than cam talbot um about the way that game was going so we're gonna get gonna get into the kachuk thing uh his injury and and then a little bit of an off-season look ahead we're gonna have five months of off-season chatter so um we won't we won't spill all the beans this seg or next segment but um we'll at least get you ready about some of the major talking points that the flames will be going through this offseason you are listening to locked on flames locked on flames with jess belmosto and sean lavery continues don't forget to follow our show's twitter feed at lo underscore flames so you said that kachuk cared more about the game than any player or any Flames player, really, on the ice. 
And I have to agree because he looked so emotionally invested and I felt awful for him. It's the most helpless position to be in because you can't do anything about it. Like, you know, as fans, we can't do anything about the game. We can't impact the outcome at all. So, you know, we think we feel bad, but Kachuk is a guy who has the capability to make an impact on the series, but he's in a position where he can't do anything because he's hurt. And, you know, we don't know right now what the, what the issue that he was dealing with all series was, um, but obviously well enough to be at last night's game. And, the, like his face, it was, it's honestly, it's almost a little hard to watch because you just feel so bad for the guy. Um, but a lot of the Flames' problems kind of roots into the fact that their injured player in the press box cares more about what's happening on the ice than the guys who are on the ice. Like, absolutely. That's, that's almost the Flames' franchise problems right now summarized is, is kind of those gifts. And just, he looked so defeated and angry and, you know, helpless. It was like, you said hard to watch and just, I don't know, it just really upsetting. And I hope that he's okay, obviously. And I hope that he doesn't beat himself up for, you know, maybe setting out another game. Yeah, but, I don't I don't think he will. Like, I mean, it, it probably wasn't his decision to make yeah. because we all know what he would have said. He would have been playing oh, game three, right, if, if, mm-hmm. if they left it up to him. So... You know, I, I really, like you said, you, you hope he, he doesn't beat himself up, and I don't think he will. I think he kind of hopefully understands, you know, it's it's out of his control at a certain point. Um, but, man, like, I wonder how similar, you know, Winnipeg's reaction to losing the series might be to what Calgary's feeling right now because mm-hmm. Winnipeg had no Shifley and no Linus. So that's two of their best players. Calgary had no Kachuk, and having no Kachuk seemed just the one injury seemed to have as much of an impact on the Flames as Winnipeg losing two of their best players right? Like you just removed Calgary's heart and soul. They had skill and offense on the ice still, but they had no will to kind of utilize that skill, right? Whereas Winnipeg, they had all the will there, like they wanted to win. And you could see that by the one game they did win without Shifley and Laine. But at a certain point, they just kind of didn't have the skill anymore. Uh, So it's almost like an inverse reaction from between how the flame season ended and how the jet season ended. It's it's very similar. Um, But I mean, man, you, you just there's so many questions like what happens if the flames kill those 12 seconds and they go up three, one in the series, what happens if Kachuk doesn't get injured? Right. Like yeah, Kachuk one is, it's a stinger and it's going to haunt people. I think for a little bit here, at least until January when a new season starts. Yeah. I think um, once people start using those Kachuk gifts as reaction gifts um, to the flames losing like their first game, of the 2021 season then we'll kind of remember how awful this loss felt <laughs> i think i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna keep this in my memory when the flames they're gonna put out some sort of tweet whenever the season yep. starts saying we're back or we're back like tune in to watch the flames i'm just gonna quote tweet it and put the kachuk reaction gift yep. because uh unless there's some massive changes it's it's gonna be a lot <laughs> of the same where we kind of coast through the regular season hopefully make a playoff spot, uh, maybe win the West like we did two years ago, uh, and then just crap ourselves in the playoffs because things get a little hard and a little tough and a little scary. Uh, so what do you think? Like, does this – if the Flames lose against the Stars in round one in any fashion other than the way they did last night, are we talking about the same kind of overhaul that, you know, a lot of people are talking about today? Or mm-hmm. is is this just 24-hour overreaction – you know, in football, it's called overreaction Monday, right? So yeah. 
are we just having overreaction Friday right now where um, everyone's kind of losing their minds because of how the season ended? Or do you think, you know, this, this massive overhaul that Flames fans are calling for is, is kind of was going to happen regardless of how they lost to the Stars? I think that it was a really big wake-up call. Like, you know, there were probably talks of, you know, overhauling the team and kind of, you know, doing whatever they needed to do to create a winning team. But just the way that they lost last night probably, you know, solidified that it needs to happen. Like, there needs to be just just push the dynamite button, blow this team up, get – Get a goalie, please. <laughs> well, we've been saying that. The Flames are the new Flyers. I think, have I said this before on this podcast? I don't know. But I've, the Flames are literally the new Flyers where the Flyers have been searching for a goalie for what is literally almost decades. Uh, now they finally have one in the last couple of years with Carter Hart. Like That mm-hmm. seems to be their guy for the next uh, 10 or so years or whatever, however long he ends up staying in Philly. So for years it was, you know, who needs a goalie? Well, it's always the Flyers. It's always the Flyers. Now it's the Flames. Like the Flames have taken over that yep. mantle because they haven't had a number one, no questions asked goalie since Mika Kippersoff. And, you know, another thing that makes, we talk about how you just keep remembering things that makes this loss hurt even more. Cam Talbot was the Flames MVP of the playoffs and playing so <laughs> well and just proving Jeff Ward right that he made the absolutely right decision and then just crumbles in the final game at kind of the worst point. So you know, it's, it's kind of the same old Flames, but man, for so long, he was so good. He was literally the Flames MVP of the playoffs, yeah. you know, other than maybe Sam Bennett or Dylan Dubé. Like, the Flames candidate for MVP is is short, and it's awful because it doesn't include Johnny Gaudreau or Sean Monaghan or Elias yeah. Lindholm, right? So, I mean, you kind of ask yourself, why did they lose? Well, that might be a, a big reason why. It just stinks. <laughs> like, there's no other way to put it. It's so, like, I mean, I'm not even, like, a diehard Calgary fan, but obviously being close to the team and covering them on a daily basis, you kind of, like, grow attached, and it's like, why? You were so close. <laughs> yeah. And, and the worst, and, and well, I've been saying the worst part is for a thousand <laughs> times this podcast, and I think I keep one-upping myself, but... Another thing is like, there's almost like a, a resignation that this was always how it was going to be uh, this season. Like, mm-hmm. A lot of the reaction, like we might be a little mad on our podcast, but a lot of the reaction has been a lot more calm, which is even worse because it's just, well, you know, that's what the flames do. They just kind of fold mentally and they don't really care anymore after things get hard. Um, so this was always going to be how things go for the flames. And that's like, <laughs> that's an even worse response than, than being, you know, fired up and mad over the way things went because, if you if you're always going to ex- kind of expect this, then you know what's the point of even really cheering for for a team at that point. Right. So I don't know. I think my my one question right now uh, in terms of this offseason look ahead, which like I said, we'll have so much time to kind of discuss and break down. But my I think the Flames have two lanes, and Brad Tree Living has two lanes to choose from right now. The one is you know like you said, the dynamite, click it, blow it up, and absolutely rebuild. Um, and then the other would be do a little bit of a retool where maybe you don't get rid of all of your core, but you get rid of half of your core and try and bring in equivalent age players, like guys in their prime who are playing really well um, and, and try and win that way, which that seems really hard to do. And a rebuild, it takes a long time. So it's kind of two bad choices, but it's, it's going to be a, a tough off season here. I think for Brad tree living and he's going to, you know, he's going to do what all hockey old 
you know, GMs do is just sit on it and he's going to probably wait for two months before he even decides what he's going to do. But um, this, this loss definitely pushes the flames into the direction of massive change. Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously like a series loss kind of leaves the question for change, but just the way that they lost makes it even harder and really puts emphasis on the need for change. Right. And so with all this change, you know, one of the big questions and big debates that's been happening on Twitter and on sports radio in Calgary is who are the guys that are untouchable? Like, is there any untouchables on this roster? Do you have any uh, for you, Jess, personally? No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think that Johnny Gaudreau is the problem. I think that, you know, I guess, I don't know. I don't think any players are really untouchable. I, I don't know. <laughs> I have three. So mine would be Matthew Kachuk. Oh, yeah. He's untouchable. I have Rasmus Anderson also being untouchable. And then there's, you know, a different category of kind of guys who are still on entry level that aren't going to be moved. Like Dylan Dubé, he's not going to – he's going to be a flame next year. Majapani is going to be a flame next year. Yeah. Uh, Yusuf Valamaki would kind of fall into that category as well. Um, so really, I only have one in Matthew Kachuk, and then I have a different tier of guys who are who are not going to be moved really because they're they're just they're cheap and they're effective, right? So, um, I guess it's just one for me in, in Matthew Kachuk, which is surprising given the ro- yeah. the roster that the Flames have is that only one of these guys is you know a true true blue untouchable. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I just I I'm just at a loss. I really am. <laughs> I think we should maybe take a take another 24 hours, just calm down a little bit. Yeah. Because um, we're going to have a Saturday episode. We, we skipped a Thursday episode thinking that uh, we'd be recording today and then recording tomorrow after a game seven. But now we obviously don't have a game seven to react to. So today was the, you know, season ending, you know, breakdown reaction episode. Uh, tomorrow we'll be back, hopefully with a little uh, cooler heads and a nice even keel approach. And we'll really start to dive into um, the major questions that the Flames have to look ahead to in their offseason. Um, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Flames. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Jessica is at Jessica Belmosto. I am at Sean underscore Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Locked On Flames as soon as it's available each and every day. Now, we had the negative hothead, you know, reaction to the the series ending if you kind of want the other side of the story and you want to hear how happy everyone in dallas is go check out and subscribe to locked on stars with josh clark and kevin nash as the two of those guys will you know talk about the stars putting the touchdown up on the flames unanswered seven unanswered goals in the playoffs my goodness